It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? It's the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful, recovered addict, covering. Um, uh, Like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program, so that, uh, you know, they're not responsible for anything that's said here. We don't represent, you know, any 12-step program. Nope. These are basically opinions um, or our experience. We, we don't want baby. no one to be responsible for us. No, and we don't want to be responsible for uh, <laughs> yes, giving anybody else a either. bad name. We're just trying to help people out here. That's all it is. Um, I'm an al- I'm an alcoholic. My name is Chris uh, Mandeville. Um, I've also struggled with heroin, and I haven't done that in a very long time. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Heroin to Hagen does. I will. I will abuse it. Uh, yeah. We are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass. On Quincy Ave, um, lots of resources <coughs> and meetings here. Uh, they have a Facebook page; you can check them out. Um, they post their meetings pretty much every day. There's, I'd say, three to four different meetings here every day, um, and you can pick up a calendar of what's going on for the week. They and it's not just AA. It's everything you can think of. Right now, there's a women's nurturing meeting. I know uh, tomorrow night, there's a Dharma recovery meeting. Um, there's there's veterans meetings. There's, there's actually, they just started a uh, medically assisted treatment meeting also, a, medic, a MAT support meeting. On Somebody asked Thursdays, to join the group, the Facebook group today from, uh, I think it was Fresno, California. Oh, really? It's pretty exciting. Nice. Shout out to Fresno. <laughs> so- also, um, to help us with our podcast and to help Corey with his own endeavors. Um, this is Corey's. Corey. Yeah, this oh, yeah, is, by this the is way, Corey, Corey, alcoholic. Yeah, this is Corey. <laughs> um, Corey has offered to throw up a $100 gift card, um, Visa gift card, if you like our page and share it and like uh, his uh, real estate with Corey Bashaw and share that. And then when you're done... You put an X one in the comments so that we can track it, um, and in a couple of weeks we will take all those names, throw them in a randomizer, and you could win a hundred dollar gift card. A randomizer? We're not going to like put up put a basket. I vote yeah. names in a hat. Yeah. Names in a hat, man. <laughs> live yeah, live we'll, on the podcast. Cool. We'll, we'll we'll yeah, we can do that. Have we'll the guest have the guest pull a, pull a name. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, you know, we're not definite when it's going to happen. You know, we're trying to generate some, some, you know, momentum on, on yeah, our three, page, his three, page. four weeks. we got to get yeah. some names going. Um, <coughs> and, you know, you guys can share this now. Um, Please share. We You can find us, um, our audio podcast at lolterms.com. LOL Terms. Uh, you can, That's Life on Life's Terms. You can like, subscribe, and share. Please. To whatever platform you, you prefer on that website. Um Platforms like iTunes, yeah, iTunes, Apple Google Podcasts, Play. I guess it's called. Yep, um, um, Google Play, Stricker. This, this, um, tons of stuff. We're 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 like drugs and alcohol. We're everywhere. What's up, Phil? <laughs> yeah, I see you. Yep. Um, so 
tonight we uh, we got Corey. He's going to share a little of his experience, strength, and hope with us. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. See where it goes, baby. <clears throat> you know? Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm Corey. I'm an alcoholic. Um, a little bit about myself. I grew up on the North Shore of Massachusetts in Newburyport. Um, I uh, had three brothers, a sister, um, and... At like nine, my mother got mentally ill. My house turned into a uh, pretty, um, I don't know, I, I don't know what you'd say. I guess like it was just straight turmoil. Um, mm. And so my father had to kind of support the family. And so he was always working. And then I, uh, my older sister and brother shortly after that went off to college. Uh, my oldest brother went off to college uh, sooner. So right, kind of right at the same time, this big sto- kind of perfect storm was happening in my life. And, you know, my, the two older siblings left and my mom got mentally ill. And so I was the middle child with two younger twin brothers. And shortly after that, uh, for me, it started before drugs and alcohol, just the uncomfortability and that, um, started out, uh, looking like just trying to get outside of myself. I, I would break into houses before I ever touched drugs and alcohol. How old to was this? Probably at like 10, 10 or 11 oh, wow. years yeah, old. Yeah. I've said it frequently yeah. that like. Attention was my first addiction. For sure, I didn't, get, and it didn't matter if it was good or bad. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's like we we have that abandonment thing, and and like you know, it's like well, well, breaking into no, houses at ten. That's uh, interesting. Huh? Yeah, so I, I, I just get a rush and break into the, break that. into the houses in my neighborhood, and I wouldn't even steal anything and just fucking look through them. You know, yeah. just like yeah. break oh, yeah. in. We, get we a did rush. it. We did it to our elementary school. Yeah, and then these other kids found our stash of stuff. And like they they took it all, and as they're walking down the street, the cops see them with all the stuff, so they get trouble <laughs> breaking into the oh elementary boy. school. There you go. But, Dude, but like we we like trashed the place. Yeah, so. I knew I knew a guy who was addicted to breaking into houses. This is a, as an adult, and as a full blown drug addict, while people were home. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he would, Cat burglar he shit. would sneak in and like stealth around their house. Yeah, wait till they go in the other room, go in there, look in their pocketbook or their fucking. You know what I mean? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, that's, that's that's crazy. crazy. Now this was this was some. I was young and the, most of the houses were empty or abandoned or uh, were neighbors' houses and um, so that's where it started getting a rush. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yep. getting into a lot of trouble. Uh, all types of things, just cruise around on BMX bikes, trying to get in as much trouble as we could and run from the cops yeah. at a young age. And then yeah, from yeah. there became nicotine was my first, uh, you know, foray into any type of drug. And um, I, I obsessed, you know, just like I do with drugs in more current day circumstances. So yeah. I, um, yeah, I obsessed over cigarettes and that got me outside of myself. And Wow. Yeah, and then and then it progresses, you know. Like mm. as we all know, like that started. And, Do you and think then, it was the uh, the fact that they were they were uh, taboo and and not allowed that you wanted to go for the cigarettes? I mean, I pretty much wanted to do, like, me, I don't know, everybody has a different story. Mine was, like, I saw tattoos, cigarettes, alcohol, and trouble, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know where that came from, because I really wasn't raised that way, but I just, I saw some of those people in my neighborhood, and that's that's who I wanted to emulate, <coughs> and I wanted to get notches on the belt and check the boxes. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah. what I didn't realize is that I was completely, you know, out of control i didn't have control over substance so once that came in 
my first experience with alcohol was uh, Fleshman's plastic jug whiskey at a buddy's house uh, in the neighborhood. And uh, wow. I got blackout drunk and woke up on a big Sam's Club trampoline, covered my own vomit with makeup on because uh, <laughs> well, we yeah, buddy. his father's uh, friend of his father's was an alcoholic. We had painted him with makeup. We thought it was hilarious, but I got super drunk after that. And then they painted me with makeup. Yeah, yeah, and then nice. I ended up on the trampoline, covered my own vomit, blacked out some of my hair chopped off and was like the first thought that came to my mind at 11 which i don't think is normal at 11 is when do i get to do that again yeah wow that was awesome as soon as my eyes cracked open i saw like the sun beaming down on me on that trampoline i was like wow that was amazing like when do i get to do it again and then that was just followed by the mental obsession um till i could do it again you know Uh, right time in between drinks got shorter you know that's really what happened is the obsession and the time in between drinks got shorter, you know, month, maybe it was every two weeks, you know, it was that big day every two weeks. And then maybe it was once on the weekend and then always with nicotine and cigarettes yeah, smoking yeah. in the middle. And then to, and then just more, more, more. And any drug that got brought into the high school or the school, I, I was the kid that was like, how do we get it? Yeah. And right. then I was the kid that was trying to be like an instant know-it-all with that drug once i acquired it oh yeah i want to sell it exactly (laughs) oh you like this i'm gonna buy a bunch of this yeah yeah i'll have it and then i'll tell you all about it even though i don't really know and then you'll hang out with me (laughs) exactly exactly i did the same thing so the first time i got my uh, uh a sheet of acid i was like what the fuck is that he's like it's 100 hits like that little fucking thing and then I'm looking like, yep, one, two, three, five, seven, eight, ten, one, two, three, five. Yep, that's a hundred hits. I'm, you could I'm put that whole thing sheet. in your mouth at once. I'm expecting a sheet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kid in the neighborhood was like, yeah, I'll sell, I'll sell you a sheet. Mm. Like, all right. Mm. I had to have been like thirteen, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was doing acid. Seriously? Middle school. Yeah. Middle school. That is yeah, just super young. So, I was doing. I oh remember. God. I was doing acid at like. 13 and then i remember my younger brother must oh, have been doing acid 11 14 but yeah. i didn't have a sheet of acid in 14. Oh, I, I had a bag crazy. of doritos actually with liquid from an allman brothers concert and they dripped all the liquid acid onto each of the doritos oh, so i just boy. eat a dorito God. so i had like a whole bag and my mom would come in the room we were there for like three days playing fifa soccer wow. on the sega right or whatever sega. it was sega and nintendo 64 i think yeah she'd come in and we'd be like we're sick and my mom was mentally ill so she didn't it went over right. her head we're right. like she, I, still like you would have thought like she'd be like wait they're both physically ill but they're friends and he's spending the night like this doesn't make any sense yeah. but she didn't see it that way i was like we don't feel well we don't know what's wrong and we just like hung out in my room and yeah tripped for balls. like three days and just ate more doritos every time we came down yeah wow so that was that was some of the start egad yeah um Dude. <laughs> so now your your little brothers are watching this as well yeah, so my little brothers, one of them was a little bit more conservative, but the one that was, I guess you could call him the older of the twin, there is that, that such thing, right? Where one of them's a little, yeah. acts a little bit older yeah. and hangs out with the older kids, and he was probably like eight minutes older than him. But, right, yeah. right. Uh, he was the one, he was kind of my, my buddy, my, my brother Mark, so me and him were super close. Although we fist fought like crazy, we there was some like connection there. So he kind of jumped into the drug world with me, um, not to the degree I ended up jumping him, but he's sober now. He's got about seven years. Mm. The younger one, nice. the jury's out, but yeah, he's doing mm. okay. He's got a life, you know. He's, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they watched this start to take place, and they, you know, one of them jumped in. 
Although that younger one did have a DUI at a young age, like 16. He, he drank a lot, but he never touched the drugs. It was me and the other brother. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and we had we had chaos at the house. I was a runaway at a young age. I would run away and disappear for days on end, you know? Um, so so now, what and what's... What's going on with mom at this point? She's in and out of psych wards in Lynn, uh, Bay Ridge specifically. She was in Bay Ridge a lot. Uh, and this is my recollection because at the time I'm anesthetizing myself pretty good. So, I, I mean, I, I, she was in and out of psych wards, to, you know, whether it was Bay Ridge every time, I have no idea. But, but yeah. that's what it seemed like to me, at least reflecting on it in adulthood. Um, so I ran away. So and she was uh, schizophrenic, like schizoactive. So it was fucked up shit. She thought yeah. like my father was in organized crime, or he was uh, working in collusion with government <coughs> people, or something was fucking going on. So we'd get in the back of the suburban we had. And yeah, where's your father during all this? He was always away. He traveled for work. He was an electrical engineer, so he worked for like the phone company. But he was like a guy that taught new technology in the phone company. So they flew oh, him wow. around the country and shit. Yeah. So. Um, wow. So he wasn't around a lot. So it would just be us, the say, at a real young age. Like, this is kind of pr- even pre-drug. She'd be driving around like, somebody's following us. And we'd be like, our mom's fucked. She's crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? you know, like yeah. she thinks Kids the know, fucking there's vans following us. Like, she's yeah. going down side streets and shit. We're taking long ways home. It's like, yeah. we know our mom's cooked, but, like, we don't get to drive the car. We're, like, nine. <laughs> like yeah, 10. exactly. You just got to yeah. go for the ride. Right. And just Mom, fucking pull over. Yeah, yeah. No, not even that. You yeah, just you can watch them all drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, scary. So it's nuts, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and, and, you know, that, sh- that shit can, can be inherited as well, you know? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it can be. It's definitely one it can, of the fears. It can of my also inventory. be, be treated. Have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, oh what, yeah, big one. It's affected happen? a lot of relationships, actually. A lot of things. Fear. Yeah, because as soon as you start seeing like oh, any you, type of that behavior, my, my it's girlfriend, like, fucking see you later. Friend, been like, there. Yeah, I'm Bye. like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh man, she shows weakness up, in any area emotionally, and I'm like, she's gonna get mentally ill. Yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> oh yeah, she's good. I gotta get the so fuck. that's because that's trauma. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I'm I'm doing a lot of work around that stuff too. I have. Yeah, I use coaching. I'm a big coach guy. I got Mike, Mike G. Yeah, sure oh really? People. He's my coach. I was on the phone with him today. We did a Skype session. He's in Sedona. Dude, I want to yeah. see. I, I haven't seen the crib, man, but it looks pretty dope. Looks sweet. He's yeah. in Sedona. He's living his life the way he wants to live it. My cousin's out there that. too. I'm trying to hook link them two up. Yeah, my cousin does does yoga and all that stuff, yeah. and she. She just like ended up stopping drinking because of what she does. Yeah, it's like legit. her lifestyle. Yeah, she, her, and her husband hopped in a friggin' Winnebago, and boom, they ended That's up nice. in Sedona, fucking Arizona. Chris L. Chris L's another kid who up and followed his followed his dream into Utah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. from Braintree, another, right? Another sober kid from BYP. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, Mikey's been like backpacking and fucking yeah, Perkins. What's up, Perk? Says he was, call he, you for we'll hockey. play hockey next week. He was gonna. Uh, Mike was gonna uh, do a podcast. I don't know if he's still planning on that or what. He's still. He's doing some other. He's doing some stuff. Like I follow a story. He's like every day on Instagram. He's got all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like he's, he's a content the shit that, Yeah, man. The shit that I hear, it's like, damn, yeah. dude. He's legit. He's on point. He's yeah. been helping me through. You know, just all the bumps. Yeah, the he's road. doing. He's doing a lot of one on one. For sure. Yeah, one on one Skype. I Skype with my therapist too, so I'm a pretty stocked to to the ceiling with uh with help you know? so all right so now we're we get a little bit of, about your experience but mm. in like before recovery like i mean i know you've got a pretty pretty vicious story like 
out yeah. out in the West Coast and fucking yeah. What did you end up with for so, drugs? What so by that? the end, so we can speed it up. So I drop out of high school. My first solution to my alcoholism is um, I had a kid who was getting trouble on the East Coast with me. His family sent him out here because he was getting in trouble on the West Coast. Yeah, we were working construction together. We get all fucked up together. They're like, get the fuck out of here. You got to go home to your family. So they send him back a month or two later. I'm, I'm smoking PCP. I'm doing acid. I'm doing ecstasy. I'm drinking every day. I'm like 16. Uh, yeah. Tons of PCP. PCP is an interesting drug for me because that shows how strong the obsession is. I hated PCP, but I would smoke PCP every time you had it. Regardless, I would say this is not going to go well. Don't don't do it. You, yeah, don't do it. And you had proven to yourself over it. and then, dude. And then I would <laughs> the tunnel. First, the tunnel would come down on me. I'd the first like, hit, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it's gross. So that so so now that's the type of suffering I've taken on. I just have to get out of myself. There's no space and time away from drugs and alcohol. I have to escape. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll put it in me. Mm. Um, and so I call this kid. and He says, "Hey, I got a place in Boise, Idaho." So that's my first real idea. My first idea was I'll drop out of high school, then I'll be an adult, and therefore I won't suffer from alcoholism because then I can just drink the way I yeah, want. And right. It won't be. I'll just pay for it. Yeah. You know? But people, that didn't work. people won't have a problem with my alcoholism. Anymore. No, that didn't work. So then I went to the West Coast, and for the next, that's at 17, 16 years old, I bounced back and forth. I went out there, tore it down in Boise, Idaho, ended up in Portland, Oregon for a short time. Living oh, on the Oregon. Couch. Oregon's beautiful. I used to live in yeah. Seattle for it's a while. It's beautiful when you're sober, yeah, for well, sure, yeah. I was drinking, but I wasn't doing any now, other drugs. Was, was that where you had that warrant for like the longest i had the warrants up until recently yeah. <laughs> i just squashed the warrants in two counties in oregon like literally this year did you i yeah i, I created a career i had a kid i had all types of stuff going on and i'm like this is crazy yeah hence probably why always. i always stay sober yeah for, always looking over your shoulder always like, always yeah. i was wanted in new hampshire i got arrested sober in new hampshire for a warrant from 11 years ago driving a brand new car like the guy's like what the fuck you know yeah. um like what type of fucking yeah yeah what yeah. type of He's person like, are you? Wait, doing? I'm so confused. Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, listen, this might pop up, and he came back. I had to get cuffed and stuffed, and it was on years? the Plymouth House golf trip. <laughs> I was literally <laughs> the night before the Plymouth House fundraiser golf trip. Awesome. Wow. And I tell the kid I'm with. I said, listen, we're staying in a hotel off of 93. I said, drug dealers always use these hotels, so they run plates, and I knew that just from my experience. Obviously, on the yeah. street, you get to know a lot of those little things. Yep. And I said, my plate's going to get run. Now, my car is not a suspicious car anymore. I don't have one of those hoopties, you know? Yeah, but like, it doesn't matter when you have an automatic matter. plate machine. When you have a computer plate attached reader. to the car yeah, exactly. that reads every plate. So I warned this kid. This is just a little offshoot story, so I hope I'm not getting too off track. No, no, it's all good. But we, it was the night before the Plymouth House Golf Tournament, and I say... Uh, Pl- <laughs> Yeah. Plymouth House the is, a, rehab, is, is, a, I, is yeah. a rehab center up in Plymouth. It takes you through like the 12 steps. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so, yeah, so, it was, so this, is, this is last summer, I think, last summer. And, uh, and I tell my buddy, hey, man, they'll probably run these plates. And we decided to go bowling over in Laconia, Laconia that night to kill time. And I'm like, I just got to give a heads up because we're going to be parked here. And just in case anything goes down, I need to be able to give you my debit card, have the PIN number ready, get the bail money, whatever. Yeah, and he's right. like, what the fuck, dude? You're wanted? This is like a close friend of mine. This shows how little I communicate with my friends about what's going on in my life. My sponsor's always like, dude, pick up the phone. Um, so I, I tell him, hey, this might come up. I don't know. And uh, 
we end up getting in the car, driving over to Laconia, and I come off like a 55-mile-per-hour street. I take a right, and, and it's one of these speed traps, and bang, they light me up, and I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, it's going down. Like, I predicted it, you know, and we got pulled over, and um, the cop comes up. What are you doing up here? We're here for a golf tournament. It turns out the cop loves golf. He starts shooting the shit. He's like, nice car. Like, what, you, what, oh, what courses do you like? He's just talking, talking. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, you know, sorry, I was going too fast. I said, but hey, I got to tell you something. You know, after we got done talking a little bit about golf um, and what we were up there for, which was the rehab tournament, he's, I said, I might have something from like 11 years ago. I'm not sure, but it might pop, dude. And I just want to give you the heads up and be straight up. He goes, all right, listen, like it might not be in there. Like, but if it is, we got to go through the whole drill. I was like, totally get it, dude. Yeah. I'll just give him the debit card. The guy was so nice. He cuffed and stuff. Ended up coming back. And the second cruiser pulls up. They end up cuffing me. My buddy jumps in. Boy. Um, but in the car ride in the back, it was a great remember when. I hadn't been in cuffs in a long time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it reminded me, like, how grateful I am to not live yeah. that life because I knew I was going home. And I knew it was just like a thing you know yeah they're gonna call them they're gonna say no we're not coming again 11 years old well no because this wasn't for oregon oregon had already been squashed sorry i didn't mention that oregon was already squashed this is the one thing i had hanging on last summer and it was new hampshire and i really thought because they had never ran me i thought the statute of limitations had ran out on it yeah i was gonna say 11 years yeah so and when i was released did you murder you didn't murder someone no and when i was released on uh a felony charges out of essex county back when i did felony time the, it didn't come up on my bureau of prison, so I did have reason to believe it didn't exist. Although I was rather like I was omitting it, right? I wasn't yeah. like investigating whether I was wanted in New Hampshire. I yeah. just pretended like I didn't know, right? right but I right. had reason to believe, like good reason, that I wasn't wanted because right. they released me from prison years before with that floater, that warrant floating. Um, right. So. Anyway, huh. I get in the back of this guy's cruiser. I'm laughing. We're all laughing. We're joking. The cops joking. I'm yeah. joking. Yeah. They're like he's yeah. like this is crazy, dude. Like, what do you do for a living? Like, we're talking about that. Turns out his brother was a heroin addict, and so he talked me up on that. He's like, I'm so happy for you. You know, like this is crazy. Yeah. So, so watching you, he's giving him hope about his brother. Yeah, and his brother yeah. had just gone to Denver, Colorado, and got into rehab, and he had like seven months sober. So he talked about that, and they got me back to the station. My buddy drove the car there bailed 40 bucks i squashed it for like a hundred it was like it was a pawn Boom. shop theft stuff that was going on back in the day i was taking stolen stuff from here into new hampshire yeah yep. so it was like a uh falsification thing and uh receiving stolen property like so yeah. it was fairly easy to so did you even it. have to go back up to court i did i had to go back and i had to pay and i had to stand in front of the judge and go through it but i, I squashed it and it was like it's one of those things where you realize like the fear is greater than the reality yeah, yeah. Because I had like, fuck man. I, I had a warrant out of Florida for fucking ever for two hundred and fifty hours of community service mm. for an eight dollar pack of pork chops. I was I was two hundred and fifty hours. Shout out to the baby mama. Service. She's, she's yeah. in the comment section. <laughs> I was I was in traffic driving a company <clears throat> truck as the foreman and uh, and and got pulled over for I didn't do anything, but the cop was telling me that I did something. And he took my license and went back to his car. And I turned to the guy next to me. He's like, you're going to have to drive. He's going to arrest me. I have a warrant out. Mm -hmm. And this was a recent warrant. This was back when I was using. And uh, he come back to the car. He said, this is your lucky day. I got a call. Throws my license in my lap. And I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's nice to get arrested sober, too, though. 
Right. Even when it happens, you're kind of like, wow, it's all right. I'm not going. I'm not going to jail for yeah. good. But oh, but yeah. still, that like, little yeah. like, that you know, oh, yeah. that, that oh, fucking yeah. those sure. lights go oh, yeah. on. That little bit of anxiety oh. kicks in, and yeah. you're like, I'm no oh. longer scared like, of the police oh, to the same degree. Like, right. I used exactly. to see blue lights and be like, I'm fucked all the time. Now it's like, yo, everybody here straight. Have the kid in the back of the car <laughs> driving through New Hampshire, and I'd be yeah. like, dude, my kid's gonna like. Thank God that didn't happen. You know, like, because she would have had to witness that. And I'm yep. so, thank- I mean, it's yeah. just not taking care of that shit is way worse. You re- walk around stressed out all the time. Absolutely. Right. Did, so, I mean, I had no choice, but all my shit was fucking run concurrent. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been in any, any trouble in recovery. So that's a good thing. No, me neither. This is all. Yeah. Me. yeah. This was- I mean, I had, I didn't drive, I didn't have a license for over 10 years because I had tickets out in California. Right. Mm. So constantly, mean you didn't I, drive. No, I, I said I didn't have a license. I didn't say I didn't drive. I know. Constantly that. getting arrested. Constantly, yeah. constantly. Because yeah. I worked, I drove, and uh, one day I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta, I gotta take care of this." So I find out that my father had paid the tickets off years before that. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> and all I had to do was call him up and get a. Letter of clearance. Yeah, that's how. Wow. That's and I'm how like, usually goes. I got arrested probably 20 times when I didn't have to. Because mm. <laughs> brutal. Because this was out in California. You get a ticket, you have to go to court. Mm-hmm. You don't oh, really? go to court. It's a two hundred and fifty dollar fucking fine. Wow! So over and over and over, two hundred and fifty dollar fines getting taxed on top, on top, on top. They eventually wow. stop, but one ticket was like up to like three thousand dollars. Wow! I'm like, I, I can't fucking take care of this. Mm. You know? Yeah. But Plus, life, I was sticking a needle in my arm your every life day. Life wasn't yeah, unmanageable. Yeah, that's not, that's no, no, right. not at all. No, no, my life was extremely manageable. Yeah, just as long as I wasn't managing it. <laughs> That's it. You know? Anyway, so, where were we in the story? We were totally lost. So I had left to, to go to the West Coast the yes. first time. I was uh, Boise. 17. I went to Boise, Idaho. My father was like, what the fuck? Like, why do you want to go to Boise, Idaho? I mean, he had never been to Boise, Idaho. He knew nothing about it. All he knew who, was the who potatoes. Came from Idaho. Like, But he was like, I'll give you the money for, at that time, a plane ticket. Um, and he said, but... That's it. Here's your ticket. And I was like, that's all I need. And so I landed in Boise, Idaho. First night I landed, I was around a bunch of people I didn't know, and somebody had a bag of mushrooms. Obviously, I was drinking. Um, and I ate like a quarter ounce of mushrooms at a house party with a bunch of people I didn't know. So fair to say the night started off pretty rough in Boise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was fucking horrified. You know, I was like, where the fuck am I? Like, how did I just like, you know, you have to confront your truth on mushrooms, you know? Yeah, right. So I confronted, I'm like, I'm like 3000 miles away in the middle of the high desert in Idaho with a bunch of fucking people. I don't necessarily even like, Yeah. I'm you know, tripping balls. I, didn't know these people. I don't know what dimension yeah. I'm in right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm like the <coughs> ISO because I'm like, well, put me in a dark room and just yeah. leave me alone for a while. Yeah. People, you know, so someone get me a shaman and get that's me through it. This. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need a guide, bro. Uh, Somebody uh, get me a guide. Spirit guide. Come on, where are you? Yeah. So then I bugged out and then you ended up never the took West mushrooms Coast, again. Portland, Oregon, somehow. I did end up there. Uh, so I burnt it down pretty hard in Idaho to the point where I couldn't pay my rent in the apartment we had. 
um, that I didn't have to get. It was already set up for me because, like I said, that kid I used to get in trouble with when I was younger, he had set it up with his cousin, and the cousin was moving out, so I was just taking a spot in the apartment. Yeah. So I just had to continue the rental payments, right. which I obviously didn't do. Just gets in the way by buying um, drugs. Like, Honestly, yeah, no, how I much? Somebody at a how call center that smoked fuck, heroin, smoked coke off a How much was fucking rented in Boise, Idaho? <laughs> uh, it was at the time seven hundred dollars for a two bed, two bath. With so, a and you only had to pay a portion. Three hundred fifty dollars a month. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it, dude. I was I was using all my money to drink, and yeah. we worked for Mormons actually in a picture framing gallery. We framed these massive like crazy big like pictures you know that you would see in like somebody's fucking mansion you know? yeah yeah and uh i would drink red bulls all day and then just to get to the lunch break and then i'd go drink pabst blue ribbon back in my apartment i was 17 would always have alcohol so i would go and get half drunk and um that's how it started and it progressed and then we lost the apartment packed the car an old gmc jimmy and drove to portland to stand some girl's couch and I uh, it was depressing and rainy, and I was like, yeah. I, if I can get back to Boston, I can change my life. And when I landed in Boston, I ended up in a pizza shop on the North Shore, and one of the star football players up in Newport was shooting <clears throat> heroin. He's like, I shoot heroin, and I'm like, you, that's insane. Like, why would you ever fucking touch heroin? Like, yeah. He's like, and at the time, I was doing a lot of coke and drinking. I had just got back from Idaho, and I was. I would use Perk 5s. This kid we knew had like an issue and he had a prescription. So we would come down on his Percocet off the Coke. Tons yeah. of Coke. We'd do like half ounce. Yeah, and fives. Three, three of us. Take some fives. And I go, this seems way more peaceful than the Coke and the alcohol. Because I didn't have to drink. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. It was a solution to alcoholism. I was right. like, this is fucking great. I hope it's, I'm playing video <laughs> yeah. games. I feel like life's going to be good. Yeah. There's yeah. hope. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have to wake up with a hangover. Like, this is genius. And the kid said it in the subject. <laughs> he goes, he goes, um, the shit you do at night to come down is heroin. It's just heroin's a hundred times the strength of it. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, and he's right. like, yeah, I'm going to Lynn today after we get off work. And I'm like, well, I'll come with you. So that's where it all started. My that's day Lynn bags were garbage. Oh, it's not. <laughs> was, yeah, when I was up there, it was way different. You know, yeah. it was fucked. And yeah. so then I went, I went uh, downhill quick, you know. Yeah. For sure. And then I bounced in between the West Coast and the East Coast for the next, like, until until this last time um, in 2011 of bouncing back and forth between the West Coast and East Coast with warrants in all these states, Massachusetts as well. Yeah. Mm. And then... Um, That's probably about the time I think I met you around 2011 there. is when I started. 2012, the, the spring of 2012. So I landed in the Gavin yeah. or in Tewksbury TSS. I mean, sorry. New bed for TSS back in 2011 and then landed in the Gavin, the Gavin house drinking seltzer water. So I'm like, um, landed in the Gavin house in two, 2011, like December. Yep. And then you met me probably through the recovery group. I started at the yoga studio, right? Yes. yes. So I started a recovery group at the yoga Rebel studio recovery. shortly into my sobriety. I was on fire. Yeah. I was just, I fucking love that done. fucking meeting. I mean, and, I, and now I, now it still I goes have, on. Yeah, now I have a, a, what, a uh, refuge recovery meeting. Which one? Is Crazy. that the one we went to yeah. together at Broadway Station? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was no shit. That's yeah, so that long shit. ago. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I ran it for three years until yeah. I got really sick in sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then ended up back in rehab. Um, but yeah, but I, but I was on fire, you know. Um, I was on fire and uh, I had got, the last time I was, uh, so the last 
I guess, time off the West Coast was I was living on the streets of Seattle. Now, mind you, I had done three years on the streets of Portland, Oregon. After okay. that story about Idaho, I went back. Oh, you went back? And I ended up on the, the streets under bridges and dro- just drugs, drugs, yeah. drugs. And, oh, and you went to Seattle. Professional homeless person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of homeless in Seattle. Yeah, and then I jumped a train out of there to go to California, freight train. I mean, you doing I was, black tar? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I used to buy black tar. Oh, yeah. You don't even need to know one word, Chiba. Yeah. Chiba, mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, it was brutal. Yeah, it uh, and so the last time was Seattle. I had, I have a tattoo on my side, Kurt Cobain with a gun in his mouth, and then above it I have a heart monitor with the skyline of Seattle. Because in 2010, mm. I went into cardiac arrest three to, three times oh, in, wow. in one instance, and flatlined three times. They shocked me back to life, and this is uh, I went and got away. Dope after. Yeah. And then that's how fucking insane it was. I tried to, yeah, try to yeah. turn myself into a jail system on the southern side of Oregon. A buddy up in Washington around New Year's Eve of, I don't know what it was, 2010. Yeah, so New Year, so it would be going into 2011. So it was 2010, right around Christmas, when I called my buddy and said, I'm, I'm fucked. Like, I'll go to jail to get sober. I don't care. Yeah, Just drive yeah me. I know the feeling, man. So he drove me 12 hours. And of course, I had to find a way to sneak some suboxins in, so I worked that whole situation out. Mm. <laughs> and oh, then, a script uh, of suboxins. So, because I knew I was going to be dead sick, and so he gets me all the way out of there. I go through that whole process of trying to like get figure out the way to smuggle the shit. And then uh, his girlfriend's with us, so she's horrified. She's been in the car with me twelve hours. She's like this, and I still have drugs left. So she's just like, "What the fuck?" But he, he, she knows enough that like this kid's trying to get help. We're going to turn him into the jail and be done. Turn yeah. around. So then they dr- dropped me at the jail and they leave because I'm like, I'm going in. And apparently the Oregon state budget had been cut and they were only taking violent offenders. So <laughs> they're like, bro, we can't take you. Should have sucker punched a guard right now. Oh, I mean, it was brutal. I'm like, what? <laughs> they would have taken you. So then they, they would have then, yeah, <laughs> for right. sure. Yeah. We got a beaten, but I wasn't, you know. I wasn't thinking that way at the at the time. And so he came This must no, be God. A, I ain't good. supposed to go. Yeah, he came back. <laughs> yeah, he brought yeah. me back to Oregon. Now, by this time, I'd done a lot of dirt in Oregon, so it was scary being on the streets back there because I was messing with a lot of Mexicans before. Mm. And so that was a little sketchy to walk back into that situation. But yeah. uh, but I got the you fuck out of there around. as quick as I could. I ended, I went into a psych ward. I finally asked help for the first time from my family member, my father. And my father, I was in uh, jail. I didn't. He never paid for any rehab, never put anything on the books when i was in jail he was very much like tough love like fuck you you want to do drugs go to jail do your thing and you can come over when you're sober but like other than that stay the fuck out of my life Mm. you know your father never had a problem no and so he was it was good Mm. that he did that and uh and he he put his foot down and so i finally asked for help i said i want to go to this place plymouth house and the reason why i picked the plymouth house at the time was there was a kid in spectrum weymouth who had gotten thrown out, and he was I'm bragging. Glad you, I'm glad you called it that. Thank you. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was bragging about how awesome this place was, and I'm like, I've never heard anybody not talk shit about a treatment center that they got kicked out of. Now, like, now especially how many, a drug act. We're resentful people. Oh, how many so, treatment centers were you in before? Oh, prior? fuck, dude, I was on methadone clinics, Suboxone, sober houses, halfway Everywhere, houses. Yeah. So I went through fucking forty detoxes. So no, so Spectrum Weymouth is where the seed was planted when I was in in and out of rehab back when oh, I lived on the streets okay. here. I lived on the streets behind North Station. I lived under the science uh, science park subway stop, you know, like yeah. where the Museum of Science is. That was like the bridge I lived under when I lived on the streets in Boston. 
So I was in and out of rehabs then here, but I remembered the kid planted the seed with me that there was this place that does it different. They take you through the 12 steps out of the book. And I was just like, I was, I was like, dude, you got thrown out of there for messing with a girl. Like, why are you bragging about this well, place? Like we we I'm talk sorry. shit. I'm, exactly. I, I just have to back up now. You, are you talking about Plymouth House? Plymouth House. Oh, in New okay. Hampshire. Okay. I thought you were talking about Spectrum. Spectrum no, Weymouth. Spectrum is where the kid mentioned it. No, the kid mentioned <laughs> it in Spectrum, but yeah, it yeah. was always in my head for years. That's how oh, a seed. Oh, I can, see. He mentioned the Plymouth House, dude. That's what I'm saying. Planting oh, I seeds. You. I totally understand how powerful confused. that can be because Fantastic. this is something that was stuck in my head from yep. three years prior. This isn't like this is this is one kid saying something that stood out. And that's was, how I ended up at, at yep. Turnabout. Yeah, it just stood out to me. He's saying it's different. And I'm like, why the fuck is he talking so positively about a place that kicked him out? It doesn't make sense to me. Right. So years right. later, I'm like, Dad, I'm in Seattle. I'm in a psych ward. I'm like, there's this place called the Plymouth House. I need fucking help. It's bad. Um, by this point, it's real bad. I had suffered a blood clot. Like, I had gone into cardiac arrest. Like, I was probably 130 pounds, like six right. feet tall. Yeah. Um, wow. And so then I flew back. Out here, he said, "Yeah, we'll get you in, but I got to take this trip." Six feet tall, one hundred—that's like skin and oh, bone. Yeah, it was I, bad. I weighed was... one twenty when I got to fucking Plymouth. Yeah, it was Plymouth it was... House correction, not Plymouth House. <laughs> it was <bad>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little different. Yeah, 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 it is a little different. Yeah, um, Plymouth, New Hampshire, but, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then I came back here. I, I, I couldn't. The obsession hit me. I left Danvers Cab. I ended up on the streets of Boston. Got picked up on a warrant. Did 90, 90 days on a remaining sentence that I had. Mm. I just had to do the full 90 days to close an old felony warrant. So I did the 90 days, got out, got high for one day. And then they sent me to the Plymouth house. And then, like, from there, my life has been a fairly upward trajectory. Like, I did bounce back. I wrote a four-step. got tons of relief. But bounced back onto the street for a little while. Maybe yeah. a month over in that place in Waltham. What was it in the firehouse? You know the homeless shelter in Waltham? Mm. What's the name of it? I don't know. I don't know. I just ran around like in Waltham like a maniac for a little, a short time. Talked to John Ash at the, you know, he's passed since. Yeah. Now, were you at using Gavin. it this time or you yeah. sober since Plymouth House? No, no. I went back. I got messed. I did the same thing the kid that told me the story at Spectrum did. I got mixed up with a girl. Yeah. Uh, got thrown out. Yeah. Put her in a sober house in Revere, me in Somerville. Tried to have a love affair. Yeah. She broke my heart. <laughs> I got high. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. Uh, and then that st- sped out. That, that that cycle took over. I ended up on the street out of the sober house. I called the Gab, and they're like, it's going to be a wait. you got to get into treatment. And I went um, to Plymouth High Point. Okay. I went through the CSS. Yeah, I went right. to New Bedford TSS for three months. And then I landed in the Gavin house and I got about three. I mean, my whole life changed. I yeah. got into the 12 steps on the street with a sponsor. And Steve uh, Marino says, ask him where to get some good gym gear. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you still couldn't give me a straight answer, bro. Target is not legit. <laughs> wasting my time. Uh, uh, and Marshall's, Marino's bro. An al- he's an Come alum. On. He's a turnabout alum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing him out in front of the 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 fucking meeting over yeah, there. Yeah, Marino was a... Uh, and he was a, like, dude, dude, do you got a tattoo of a needle on your arm? And I'm like, yeah, I do. He goes, oh, you do too? Oh, I do too. I yeah, he was like, you went to fuck, you went to Project Turnabout. He goes, you were my fucking idol when you showed up there on your motorcycle. And fucking, I'm like fucking 21 years old. That was, that was <laughs> so hilarious. fucking funny. Yeah, he was a he was a regular at the meditation meeting. Yeah, dude, sure. I love that meeting. Yeah, he helped start that. That meeting for was sure. fucking pisser. 
Yeah. It's fucking yeah. awesome. And, and and it was like one side of the studio, and then it opened up to both sides of the studio. Mm. It's on yeah. Monday night, right? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been back in years. I'd love to go check it out and see how it's going. Yeah. I've I've been a couple times. I did enjoy that. Different, different, yeah, it's different vibe. I didn't know anybody in there, but yeah. I didn't give a fuck. For sure. You, you know, meditate. And, and now I do a, a refuge recovery meeting. Nice. Yeah. You Tuesdays know? in Situate. Yeah. Right? Tuesdays in Situate. Because yeah. I... I it's just it gives me what I need. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do other things as well, but yeah. Like, is it in that same room where the uh, yeah. war meeting is? Yeah. Yes. If cool. if you're not if you're not growing, you know what I mean. Like you've done, you did all kinds of shit. Dude. You went on fucking. I did it all. I tried did, everything but AA. You did uh, <laughs> insane fucking like long meditation retreats. I did seven days in complete silence. I did relational wow. mindfulness retreats. What I've was that like? Seven days in complete silence. Changed my life for sure. Changed my life. My career life really? especially. I came out of that. I ended up becoming a life coach for a time. Yeah. Um I had a really <coughs> decent salary. Um were you doing the um Yeah, I was over OPG. sober companion shit too? Yeah. Like yeah, way yeah. back. I was living with them. Yeah, live with people. Yeah, that was like yeah, but you had to fucking hunt them down too if they disappeared. Yeah, they go try to smoke crack and get hookers in the hotel room next to me, and I'd have to try to prevent that. But yeah, we all know know that. Sober companion and sober coach are two totally different. fucking Oh yeah, companion is is just hold them in a hotel room. Yeah, it's like fucking rehab. Bundle them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They put me in all the difficult cases too because I was probably the most unclean cut person they had at opg at the time yeah yeah it was decent money yeah it was got decent. to travel everywhere yeah i made 500 cash a day expense account and the salary so yeah it was decent but when you're not treating your alcoholism bad news and you're running you're around, around with, around with an active alcoholic no or license. untreated yeah. alcoholic no driver's license they get us yeah. they get us drunk warrants. before we get with a car and <laughs> warrants <laughs> Warrants. 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 <laughs> Just a wanted fugitive without a license trying yeah. to help somebody. Yeah. You I'll know? tell you how to stay sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, brilliant. <coughs> so uh, where were we before that? Well, uh, you went to Plymouth House. You got out. You were on the streets of uh, Waltham, evidently, for a little oh, while. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then the Gavin. Then we started the meditation meeting. I jumped into the 12-step work. Um I got a plumbing job. I, st- I was a p- plumbing apprentice in South Boston for, yeah, for two a while, years yeah. or something like that. Learned the trade. Um, was always in the trades my whole life. And then just like uh, went to New York City one day. I, I had gone on that meditation retreat. I was 10 months into my sobriety. I ended up meeting Noah Levine, becoming friends with him. He came to the meditation meeting in South Boston, which was based on his whole like thing. Right. Yeah. Which the was, guy who wrote the book. Yeah. 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 Dharma punks and yeah. against the stream. Um which the refuge recovery groups are based on that yep. book now, yep. right? And so, while well, he actually wrote a refuge recovery, refuge book recovery, as well. the yeah. book, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So, so I ended up meeting him. He was like pumped on what I was doing. I went on retreat with him and um, a bunch of people, and it was seven days in complete silence. And I got a lot of creative stuff just flowing naturally. Once I cleared away like all the stuff that was blocking, like the channel it was fucked like i came back i took a quick trip to brooklyn to just brainstorm like what i wanted to do with my life mm. just backpack through brooklyn listen to music and thought about stuff wow, and then it's a it was weird like, place to backpack yeah it was just anybody doing that. yeah well i just love I, I, the urban jungle I was just, bro. In, listen to, <laughs> just listen to talib kwali and like hanging on a street bench and bombing around manhattan and bombing around flatbush brooklyn and and had this idea in Flatbush. I was just sitting on a bench in Flatbush and was like, I should be a life coach. 
You know, I had this meditation meeting that was rolling. A lot of people were going at the time. Like I, mm. I felt like I could talk and I felt like I could help people. And so I started calling places. I was just calling these r- super cold rich, calls. ritzy, cold calling ritzy ass, like sober places, um, sober housing. And I was saying, hey, I'm from Boston. And like, just coincidentally, like I didn't have a resume, but coincidentally, South Boston Yoga had put me up as like an actual teacher, a meditation teacher that was in recovery. And they did like a bio on me. Yeah. So I just sent the people to the website that was like really nicely designed and was like, check out my bio. And they're like, wow, dude, how long have you been sober? I'm like 15 months. They're like, this is crazy, <laughs> dude. You started this whole group. You have this like whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cool. like I want a job. And they're like can you move to Manhattan? Like literally people were like, can you interview and potentially move from Boston to Manhattan? And I was like, no, I have a child on the way at the time. My ex was pregnant with our daughter. And I was like, um, I don't think I could do that. Like, um, do you have like any referrals to people that do this stuff in Boston? And the second kid I got on the phone, which was at seaside serenity, I think he was in Chelsea or like Soho or something like that was like, Hey, my sister is a Harvard business grad, and that kid has since passed away. He had four years sober just recently. He died, I think, last year of an overdose, which is super uh, unfortunate. But he ended up back in Mass, and he referred me to his sister, and his sister was this Harvard business grad who kind of rubbed elbows with, like, more affluent people but was trying to help people navigate the the, uh, behavioral health circuit. Not yeah. just addiction, but like mental health too. Yeah, yeah. And like how to get them into the best treatment for mental health and drug addiction. So mm. like I ended up there interviewing, got the job, and that's how I landed in that as a wanted fugitive mm. with no license, life coaching people. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, catch me if you can. Yeah, if you've right, ever boy, seen that exactly. movie, that's yeah, what yeah. it felt like. Yeah. Fucking Kaiser Soze. Yeah, what was the guy's name? Frank Abagnale? Uh, I forget. From, from, yeah, Frank Abagnale. Yeah. From Catch Me If You Can. That's what yes. it felt like. Yes. I'd somehow conned my way into like a job where everybody Bert, else had Bert a master's McMacken degree and was, I had a GED. Was, yeah, it was, was Sneak, one of them. Sneaky the, Pete. The, um, mm. the FBI <laughs> agent. But yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah that's right. Yeah. But it's like we can talk ourselves into fucking anything pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, know? well, I mean, we have talk such a like, dog off a meat wagon. Yeah, serious potential for sure. So I took... Uh, a two-week <clears throat> relapse, essentially, that was really bad. Like, I didn't think it was, but then people were like, dude, you were like, they came over to my apartment in Dorchester and um, were like, dude, you were like blue. Like, what do you mean? You you thought you were okay? Like, you looked like you were fucking dead. Like, my daughter, somebody brought their child, kid over and their daughter didn't recognize me. And this is like a kid I was like a couple of weeks ago playing with. Yeah. You know, like yeah, she'd come over yeah. and see my wow. kid. So she like, literally walked past me as if I wasn't the person she knew. And that's... She was like five. That's so, honesty. You know, so kids, yeah. kids are honest with stuff like that. that so that was, that was... That was hindsight. Ugh. Somebody told me that. Mm. So then I was like, wow, it was that it was fucked. And I went and I, I jumped back in and like had to suffer through some serious emotional pain because of what happened. Like me and my ex broke up. A lot of hell broke loose with her. A lot of emotional pain for a long time. Mm. Um, now but I worked the, through the, it. This child evolved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which that situation went to hell. DCF had to get involved. Luckily, she went with a relative while we mm. got back on our feet. But me and her had split, and it was a tough time for everybody. And um, I just worked at it, and I said, "What am I going to do?" You know, mm. I was sleeping on Al W's couch, and he was nice enough to let me crash there. And I saw how he was living and he's been sober a long time and he's doing well in real estate. And I was like, maybe I could do this. And that's, um, 
that's how it started. I, I went and got a real estate license. I moved into his sober house in Holbrook, which is now, I think, a sober house, a girl. Runs. Maggie's. Yep. Yeah. Maggie's. So there, I lived in one of the rooms Recovery in that house. Recovery without limits, yep. I think. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, got sober again. Got another two and a half years. And then thought I could drink, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, so this uh. is up until literally the last two years have been a constant seeking of spirituality but in substances like so yeah. i started with like thinking i can manage drinking it didn't work so then i went to like hallucinogens and i started researching all the minds that were mixing with bill w back in the day like yeah yeah Al- uh, alistair crowley all these lsd timothy leary yeah timothy yeah. leary i started yeah. reading and reading and i went down the self-will wormhole of educational pursuit you know yeah. like and just, this will fix me. This will, like, dude, and so I found out about ayahuasca, and I started reading, you know, um, the Hungry Ghost stuff around that Dr. Gabra Mate up in Vancouver. He was working with a lot of heroin addicts. And oh, so yeah, yeah, did, yeah. So I, you did ayahuasca? Yeah, I did ayahuasca with shamans. In South out, No, out in New York in a retreat house with, like, shamans okay. that came up from uh, Colombia. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you think that helped you get sober? That helped me get sober again. Because I brought the question I brought to the ayahuasca was, do I belong in AA? Like, is this really my lot in life? Like, is this what I need? And it was a clear answer that came through, you know? I mean, I had a super cathartic experience. Like, you're talking fluids coming out of every end. Not a fun experience, but definitely like a purge, followed by like an opening, followed by you need to be in AA. Keep striving. Yeah. Didn't get perfect after that by any means, but like, my life has been. A hell of a lot. Like I never returned to opiate injections or oh, heavy drugs. Yeah. What I've battled more recently is kratom, which is fucking this. Yeah, you guys You've been are probably, battling against kratom. Yeah, dude. It just it became like is that I, addicting. Oh, wildly! It's an opiate essentially they, that they sell in the head shops, and it, and and it's crazy because it's used for detox. I thought it was non addicting. Oh, oh no, no. it's oh, full no. blown. I it, just like literally. Well, you know what? You know what I found out recently? You know what I found out recently? Get addicted to anything? Fucking Imodium AD. You take enough of that, you're gonna be high, like opiate high. Yeah. Oh, just really? found this oh, I just out. I used to buy list. that when I was sick. Listen, I just, just this. found this I learned out. It last really? week. If you take enough of this omeprazole or whatever the fuck it is, yeah. it gives you an opiate high. But you're taking, you're right. talking well, like, we probably you're shouldn't be telling talking 30 this. times the dose. Yes. You'll f- fuck your system up really bad. You might as well yes. go do kratom. If your mind's telling you, you right might now, as well just go get high. Idea. Yeah, well, yeah, do something. Because you're going to have to detox off of that and then. It, That's an anti-diarrhea. Yeah. But, it, but the I problem, used to take that when I was sick. On, heroin's dope yeah. sick. And I That's why I found out about it because I was taking it just for the stomach cramp stuff right. and then found out, wait, people get high on this? I didn't end up eating a bunch of them and trying it mainly because uh, it said it causes people have heart attacks. Oh, uh, yeah. Cause it, they tons take, of side when effects. When I was 13 years old, me and a buddy made three pots of coffee and slugged it all down and took a whole bottle of aspirin because <laughs> that's what we're going to get high somehow. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't I mean, matter what the fuck it yeah, was. I've definitely sniffed back when we were really young. Sniffed a bunch of Vivans or what were they? The yellow Vivran. Yeah, Vivran. Oh yeah. my god, not Vibrans, good. Yeah, no dose. Not no good. Dose. No dose. Yeah. Crushed up no dose and sniffed All kinds a bunch of fuck. It didn't matter. It's fuck so it. I remember silly. sitting. I remember sitting in um, night school because I fucked up day school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm in night school and I'm sitting at my desk with my buddy Henry and we're fucking. Rubber cement. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zone out for like four seconds. Yeah, we do we, it again. We learned about that when the when the dirt bike wouldn't start. Uh, and we were like, <laughs> we can get high on the gas. I this didn't. Is great. So I yeah. did that too, and that oh, was fucked God. up. Huffing. That's what. So no, bad. no one did that around me. I went out to my garage. Some kid had moved to our high school from Pennsylvania at like I must have been fourteen, right? And the obsession for drugs was on, but I didn't yeah. have any money. I worked in restaurants here and there, but I would always just get the first check and bail. Um, so I was broke all the time, but he's like, yeah, my brother John, I'm like, why is your brother John so slow? He was always like, Hey bro, what's going on? He was a skater and he was like, I liked the kid. He was super nice and he was really good at skateboarding. And I was like, wow, but what the fuck happened to him? And he's like, oh, he huffed way too much gas in the field in Pennsylvania. Like he just went to town and I was like, wait, uh, what? And he's like, yeah, you kind of like trip out. And I was like, I went home that day, went into my garage, see. wet a rag and just got blitzed on gas for couple weeks you might be yeah, an like, alcoholic and my mom i remember my mom brought home <laughs> like a mcdonald's a double cheeseburger and it just like i was like everything it gets when you breathe it in it literally gets into your tongue like you know you go through Ugh. the back of your sinus cavity and yeah. it like it like throw your tongue like almost like um uh, yeah like it yeah. absorbs it and it like Gross. it gets inflamed so you're Ugh. like biting a cheeseburger it tastes like you're eating gasoline and i was Ugh. like and you see Delicious. spider webs everywhere I just see spider webs coming out Fantastic. of the walls and shit. Hey, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. So we're almost to the recovery part. Let's get, oh, yeah, yeah. So let's like, get out no. of the huffing gas scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a bad I mean, scene. Dude. Yeah, that's just, super isolating. Yeah, yeah. Like there was so much well, shit. There's no social it didn't, gas huffing. Didn't even have to involve. <laughs> didn't even have to involve gas, but the fucking deep knee bends and someone pushing on your chest. That shit. Like mm. Oh yeah! Oh out. no! Yeah, definitely. Fuck, used to it choke didn't matter what out. it was. Right. That's whatever it is. You. So now, so now, so now, I battle with kratom. I, I, it was a very like at first it was very much like um, I got bronchitis. I called a friend. I said, "Do you have any codeine cough syrup?" I was um, I, I was like kind. I was in AA. I've always maintained my mm. attendance, but. I was like, kind of like, you know, I was just on the outskirts and like, I think I drank recently. I was coming off relapse, but then I got bronchitis and like, that's a huge trigger for me. Like just getting sick and not yeah. having a strong program. Bad news, dude. Cause yeah. it starts with cold medications. Like maybe I'll just take an extra dose. Then it's like, I need something better than this. This is ridiculous. But I call a buddy. <laughs> yeah. He goes, why are you trying to get codeine cough syrup? That's crazy. Like, what are you trying to like sip scissor? Like, yeah. What, what do you want this for? I'm like, no, I'm like legitimately sick. Like. And he's like, dude, there's this stuff called Kratom and, and you can get it on the internet and it would help with the pain of bronchitis. And I go, dude, I'm not waiting for the fucking internet. Like, I don't care if it ships in two days. I'm, you know me, dude. Yeah, I right. need it now, today, right. like, instant, the next instant couple minutes. Great. Where can it's I drive to? Exactly. So I'm like, so I call Good Health and Quincy, not to plug them. You know? <laughs> so if you're thinking oh, about shit. doing it, don't go there. Don't Actually, go there. it got weaker, so that wouldn't be the spot to go anyway. Who are you going to do it? But, uh, <laughs> they, they totally started putting bogus shit on the shelves. But I went, I called, and they're like, yeah, we have it. I drove there, and I didn't know it was a powder that was like less strong. So I bought the strong tincture, which is like a boiled down, like freebase version of the shit, essentially, yeah. and <laughs> shot the whole thing down and was like, like I had done heroin. I was throwing wow. up. I was pale. My eyes were pale. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, how did I wow. know about this? No shit. So I stayed in AA, it's but every awful. every month, two months, I would just get that breakout mentality. Like, I need relief. And I would do and a would this, this is the safe alternative. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, to some degree, it was because well, the alternative. Safer than fentanyl. Right? I, safer, I was not going to do it. Just like, I, to me, 
this is just, and I know this could change, but it always seemed like after the fentanyl thing happened, I watched so many people die and so, so many friends dude. die. So yeah. I thought of it as the same way Awful. as like, I was never suicidal. You could catch me under a bridge, dope sick. And I would, I might've felt like I wanted to die at the moment, but deep down I wanted to live. Right. I was one of yeah. those people. Right. I wasn't somebody who says like, oh, I wanted to kill myself. I was just too scared to do it. It was like, no, I, I want a good life at some <clears throat> point. I just couldn't yeah. find my way there. Me too. I was always, I was believing, always believing like next week's going to be good. Exactly. Fix it up next week and everything's yeah. going to be all right. It was like, it was like yeah. hopeless hope, you know, I was yeah. a hope fiend too. You know, I yeah, always right, thought yeah. it was going to magically get better without Somehow. me having to do anything. Yeah. Delusional, so, but. Yeah, so to me, it was like, I wouldn't take a gun to my head, so why would I go shoot the heroin that's on the street? So I was like, I'm not going to shoot myself. So I was like, right. what alternative is there to like doing that? So then I found those alternatives. And then I researched a lot in the hallucinogens. I went to Ramdas down in Maui, that thing he has a Netflix video on. I paid a bunch of money and flew to Maui and ate mushrooms and sang Hare Krishna music and tried to get well that way. <laughs> I, uh, I did. I brewed up my own masculine in my kitchen while I prayed over it for three days and meditated over it, hoping that that would bring some relief and blew my moon, my mind to the moon. And um, always kind of coming back to the same spot, like, dude, what worked? What worked for you? How, why are you successful? in business like where now at this point i'm successful in business i have a mm. career making good money like i have a nice place cars like fun things i like to do i'm like what got you here though like be real with yourself and i was like dude aa got you here mm. so it was just like it was pretty simple math ayahuasca helped point the direction back like don't get me wrong yeah. i think if any of yeah, those the plant medicine told you go to aa it was like, like, yeah, but I want more medicine. I <laughs> exactly. It's so true. It's like you could just listen to yourself to start. I could save you some time on the whole ayahuasca and uh, hallucinogen trip. You could just like take your own advice now and mm. skip it. And mm. if AA works for you, stay in AA. I mean, I totally get it. If, you you're, if AA doesn't work for you, like I'm all about people trying but, different things. Yeah, but if and, you haven't, try it fully. Give it a full shot. And if it right. doesn't. Right. But also, plant medicine. but also, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't matter what you're doing if you're not growing and feeding your spirit. Mm. Right. No. Daily reprieve, continuing on a spiritual which is condition. What you were attempting to do medicinally. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. I mean, <clears throat> if if someone's, you know, has a time away from from drugs and alcohol as an addict. Right. You know, and 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 is looking to uh, grow their spiritual condition. Uh, you know, then maybe that stuff works for for some people. I know that mm. it worked for for uh, Mikey and yeah, you know. And uh, but I mean, I, I I mean, in new sobriety, why don't you just find out who the fuck you are? Yeah, you know? new yeah. sobriety, no. But I I think the people I, I was looking for an escape, and that's the difference. There's two yeah, sides to this right. coin. There's the there's the spiritual growth side, which like could be said that like at 15 years you have some deeper trauma that can't shake loose as a result of going through the 12 steps. There like you, you just can't get through right. it. And the ayahuasca will get you there. There's right. things that'll really get you there with the help of people and guides. Yes. Not, you don't go in a room. You don't go boil mescaline tea and then drive to a cabin in Maine just to get fucked up and blow your head off. Like you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking out there. You know, like with yeah. no tether. With no therapeutic like process, like that's dangerous, yeah, you, you, and it's drug yeah. seeking, and it's all right, those right. things. But drug seek, that's a good in the right context it, yeah. and not new sobriety. Like if you're sober right now, fucking stay sober first. Right. G right, give yourself years, and then like if you can't shake loose some of the deeper trauma through therapy and some other forms and like deeper forms of the steps, yeah, like and EMDR, fucking all kinds. Yeah, of there's shit. so many. There's so Tapping, many good fucking, alternatives. You, there's so much, so much stuff, but. 
We're fucking junkies, dude. It's like, ah, I'll yeah. go right to that. Go, you know to, what I mean? go to the get the pill, the magic yeah. pill. Naturally, yeah, I want man. the substance. Yeah, yeah, it's just a quicker yeah. route than doing the work. So I'm back to doing the work, you know? Like, yeah, that's where nice. I'm at. Today is like, I wrote, I'll write inventory, I'll leave here. I'll go home, write some inventory, play some ice hockey tonight. Um, but I go to about five to six meetings a week. I get one day with like the family at home yeah. on Wednesday nights. Um, and cool. then um, I'm writing the inventory. I have a coach. I have a therapist. I um, and I, I was just getting out of the way, dude. I was exhausted. I didn't realize I was chasing money, chasing things, chasing mm. everything. Yeah. So then, like just recently, it just dawned on me, like you don't have to do any of it. Like all you have to do is just like focus on this. Yeah. Like literally, all you have to do, and it's like. And work was a big tough one for me because I have to like lead generate and I have to like create like content and I have to like reach out to people and I constantly have to be social. And this time it was like, dude, just stop doing all that. Like people already know what you do. Like live on less if you have to. Yeah, it will come. It will come. But first things first, it's like, dude, get yourself tightened up. Yeah, yeah, Because like I was just chasing the next one and my whole life was so unmanageable because I chased the next deal out the door. Yeah. Oh, this person wants this. I had no boundaries. Oh, you want my Thursday night? Oh, that means I got to show you a house, you know? Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I would just wipe my calendar for clients. And now it's more like somebody told me once, you got to start operating like a doctor's office. You don't call a doctor and tell him when you're going to go. You know, yeah, right, right. You got to live like Makes that. Sense. And that's a tough thing to do because you're going to lose some business as a result. But it's like, do I want peace of mind? Do I want sobriety and happiness or do I want money? Right. And I finally, this time around, was like, I want fucking happiness, dude. I don't give a shit. There right. you go. Beautiful. Get to, get you know? to spend time thing. with your daughter. Yeah, and, dude. Are you, you kidding know, me? I got just a beautiful sit on the couch, girlfriend watch a TV, with another little show. daughter that's yeah. been an addition to the family now. Yeah. Like, we have this like little family unit. A five and six year old girl, like that's fantastic. Life's good, dude. Childhood um, comes once. You remember? Yeah. You know? No, and that's another thing. I've seen a lot of people that, around me, millionaires. I I shared it. I shared a video the other day. It was kind of a same situation. Guy in a meeting, his kids calling him. He's thinking about the meeting. Puts mm. the phone down. Mm. It's on my page. Go check it out. It's mm. fucking yeah. like you don't get that shit back. No, and right. that that's going to affect that on. kid. Forever. Yeah. For sure. I know Forever. it affected me. You yeah. know, we all yeah. went through our shit when we were young. Absolutely. So having somebody there is important. So, yes. So, like it, it says at the top, yeah. Uh, like um, Corey's page, like our page, share them both. Um, and within a couple weeks, you know, we'll get some people up on here. You know, I see a couple X ones already. Um, and we'll figure out someone to give that gift card to. Yeah, and we're going to raffle it off. 100 bucks. You need yeah. to buy or sell a house. Yes. My cell phone's on the page, and I'll announce it now. 617-821-6390. You can call me, text me. You need to figure out how to buy a house, how to sell a house. Just call me. Yeah. Nice. And thanks, but, you know, thanks but he doesn't want any work right now. <laughs> ah, just kidding. <laughs> I take all uh, that back. Right. No, just, it's all good. Um, thanks, everybody. Yeah, so as always, lolterms.com. Please like, subscribe, um, share. Like, like, subscribe, share. We have YouTube. We have an audio version. Um you know, we're just trying to get the word out there, trying to help people, trying to fill a niche that, you know, like Corey himself, who can't get to meetings all the time. And like I it, it still blows my mind that it's 2020 and people don't know what to do to get sober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Spreading what I mean? the information, so information. That's all we're trying to do is, is help people know where to go and what to do. We appreciate you guys. All right. Peace. Peace. I live in this world full of anger.
Say, say that I 